This is Dmitry Samarov, and you're listening to Who You Know, which should be no no surprise to you. Well, unless this is the first time you're listening. Today I talked to uh, Max Samarov, who's the executive director of research and strategy at a nonprofit called Stand With Us, which advocates uh, for the state of Israel. We talk about all that. Uh, about growing up in Brookline, Massachusetts, uh, many Jewish and non-Jewish matters. Uh, oh yeah, uh, in addition to Max's many other attributes and accomplishments, uh, he's my brother. So uh, I hope you enjoy uh, our long talk. Welcome to Thank my nightmare. <laughs> Thank you. It's good. It's good to be in your nightmare. <laughs> so, I brought you here to to tell me about your job. <laughs> okay. Amongst other things, when did this start? How did you get? What is your job? How did you get into it? Okay. Origin story. Or, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I'm like I'm one of the Marvel characters. Yes. What's your superpower? Um. So, I work at an organization called Stand With Us. Uh, we're an international nonprofit, uh, and our mission is to educate about Israel and fight anti-Semitism around the world. Um, also, part of our mission is to be nonpartisan. Um, so, you know, we don't push for specific policies of the Israeli government, uh, right or left. We have we try to engage people from. I guess all over the political spectrum, mm-hmm. with all of the difficulties and complications that that involves. Um, so that's and my my role at Stand with Us is uh, executive director of research and strategy. Um, and so the research side of that is um, we create we research and create a lot of educational content, um, various resources along those lines. Uh, and we also work with a lot of our other departments. We have departments focusing on, uh, you know, campus life, uh, high school students, middle school students, um, social media, um, across the board. Um, and so our our role is to work with all of those departments and um, help make sure that they are being as successful as possible in what they do as strategic as possible in what they do. Um, so that's in very broad strokes. How long have, how long have you been there? I've been there uh, now over 10 years, just kind of crazy to say. Um, I started in January 2012. Um, it was essentially my first job out of college. Wow. Um, so it's like your only job. Yeah. Kind but, of. I mean. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I had like, you know... Um, very short-term gigs here and there. Like I, I was an intern at um, the district office of Congressman Gerald Nadler in New York for a little bit right before I got this job. Um, and that was after you graduated college already, or yeah, yeah. There was like a, there was a weird. So I graduated. Well, technically, I I, I finished school in March, 2011. I stuck around until the actual graduation in in June in Santa Barbara. And uh, 
there's a weird kind of like six month period of living, like heading back to Boston because I didn't have a job yet. I didn't know exactly what I was going to do. Um, but I was in a serious relationship with, um, your what, now wife. What, with my now wife. Yeah. Um, and who, who had another year of school left at, uh, at UCSB. Um, and so I, I was basically spending those six months trying to, you know, get a job in LA that, uh, would allow us to continue that relationship. Right. Um, that was, yeah. So that was, that was one big factor is my, my organization is, um, headquartered in LA. Right. Um, so that, so that was one of numerous aspects. So, so how did it happen? Uh, what time this, this whole interest in Israel, et cetera, it started in, in, uh, college, would you say, or did you have an interest before college? In that yeah. country specifically. Yeah, that's a that's a good question. Um, so, I, I would say that I had I had no notions or plans of doing a job like this when I entered college. Well, yeah, okay, yeah. Let's let's start there. What did you ha- did you have an idea about what you were going to be? Yeah, well, so I I knew that um, I was uh, going to major in international relations mm. um so i mean it's, it's not as if uh, you know i'm doing something that's a huge departure from but back then so you would have been what like 17 or something 18 yeah 18 what did you like what was the fantasy s- uh, scenario like yeah. what were you going to be like if all your dreams came true at I, that point i don't rem- i don't remember having that clear of a clear of a sense of it uh, but, but you, know, you had but, international relations yeah. is already sort of specific. Yeah, yeah, but you know, I, I, I was like, you know, maybe I'll go work at the State Department. Maybe I'll, you know, try to be a diplomat. Um, maybe I'll work at a think tank. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, <laughs> actually, um, e- even towards the end of college, I contemplated uh, applying to the CIA. Oh yeah, um, which is kind of ridiculous now that I think about it. But why? Why? Why is it ridiculous? I just I, I don't know. I I don't imagine myself um, as a spy wa- wanting that level <laughs> of of stress or you know like constant you know having to question the morals of what I'm doing all the time and mm. things along those lines. Not that I don't you know have moral questions now but it's sure. it's it's a little it's a little bit lower stakes i would say than cia yeah hmm. <laughs> just a bit so what did you but like did you have any idea you said you didn't think you had no i uh notion of this this what you ended up doing with israel specifically but like yeah yeah um i mean uh, so it, it it's hard for me to to point to just one specific yeah. origin because you know I, obviously you know w- we have family in israel right um you know i i was there a lot i think a lot yeah know, by so yeah by the time you went to college how many times had you been to israel would you say like uh, five times maybe five yeah. eight I don't know, any, anywhere yeah yeah it was a, more it was a lot of times you'd spend um, some time actually living there for months right at a time yeah yeah so our you know our parents um, our dad specifically would go on sabbatical from his uh, professor job, um, 
that was you know, I think the first time around was 1995 um, and the second time around was 2002 um, so I think it was about six months at a time um, living over there yeah. um, in those two cases um, right and uh, you know I, I, I think I, w- I wouldn't say that um, I especially you know in 2002 I was like a 13 year old yeah um pretty you know bitter about a lot of things um, oh bitter about being taken out of uh away from your friends and stuff being, yeah well you I, were okay. angry about that to, or? To, to be fair I, I wouldn't say I had a, a ton of friends I was leaving behind I wasn't yeah. like the and you know it was just general teenage disaffection yeah you were just yeah, angry, yeah for sure I, yeah, angry I, 12 13 year old yeah and i i did i didn't want to leave boston yeah. but but it wasn't because oh i had like all these like close you know healthy like friendships that i i was gonna miss out on or anything so like what that. was it that you didn't want to leave then can you remember <laughs> i you know i <laughs> it, it might have been like it might have been stuff like oh you know i'm I'm not going to get to play baseball. Like I'm not going to, yeah, it's just like really, you know, really like, you know, not, not super deep, not super deep, uh, deep things, uh, that, that were upsetting me. I just, I don't know. I just generally didn't want to go. Um, and I, I wouldn't say I had like a particularly great time, or developed a particularly like close connection to the place when you it, on yeah. that trip specifically. Yeah. I mean, it really, really, it um, at any point. Yeah. But I just, but I just knew it. You know, I I knew it. I knew it for decently well. I mean, the more, place, the country, yeah, more more than um, you know, probably most uh, most Jewish kids grow up in America. Right. It was more than just like an abstract idea or like. Any of these kind of cliches, like you know, next year in Israel or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> actually, <laughs> that, yeah. Well, that, it, that it was American Jews say like, like it's a fucking bumper sticker or something. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, it was really I got almost none of that stuff, yeah. uh, or yeah. none of it that really like next ma- year in Jerusalem ma- made much of an impression. Yeah. Because since our you know the, the the whole Soviet you know Jewish uh, I don't know. It, it 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 seems like a, a lot of a lot of that stuff wasn't as present because our our parents came from the Soviet Union and right. a lot of that kind of Jewish identity and tradition type stuff didn't. didn't oh, so you didn't around. feel like the way that American Jews feel? Would you say was different? Yeah, you yeah. felt a difference for like with. I mean, you know, where you grew up in Brookline, there was tons and tons of American Jews. You know, you, yeah, but, I, I, but you yeah. didn't feel like the that you were the same as them. Well, in, I, the, in I, that aspect, I don't even remember. I don't remember like, connecting about Jewishness with other kids my age at in any, high school. Yeah, at any at any point, right? Really. Like my, that's kind of why I was asking about where this whole started, your trajectory started, and I thought that maybe it was some time in college that it really something really clicked about it. Yeah, I mean. Uh, yeah, I, I think it, it it's hard to pin it just there, be, just because of all the, you know, the the history before that. Yeah. Um, but for sure, college is when um, 
I, I decided to specifically get involved in um, there's a specific student organization on campus um, it was back then it was called American Students for Israel um, and it was a combination of factors that uh, led me to get involved in that um, one was just to be purely frank you know I was doing school I didn't have any what they call like extracurricular activities uh, on you know that that I was doing outside of just going to class um, and which you needed what you needed for well you know for the, your education or just for your social life no well <laughs> I actually ne really ne neither of those two things that it, it was more like uh, either so, like, I someone told me or or I just had the general sense that it's a good idea to have you know more th things on your resume than just like you went you know oh, so, so to, was, to class so yeah it was in in sort of like thinking ahead to like what you would do yeah it, yeah there yeah it was it was partly that and you know so I, I, I remember a specific process I went through of just like literally looking at every student organization in the list of student organizations at my and campus. And you saw the one said, "Hey, I'm a Jew. I'll do this." <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I, well my, my, I think my, you know, the, as best as I can remember, my thinking was that, hey, like I'm, I'm doing international relations as a major. Uh -huh. um, what are some organizations that are really directly relevant to to that that I can get involved in, potentially, you know, make some professional connections and get some opportunities to, um, you know. Uh, some some different you know possibilities of entering the field. Um, so how far into your education? What year? So by junior year. Oh, okay. Like so you, like, like middle to end of my junior. Oh, year, wow. Really. So yeah, it's a good ways in. Yeah, it took it took me. It, I would say it took me a while to get my shit together. Yeah. <laughs> as far as like you before know. that, it was just partying. Yeah, I was going. I to mean, school, yeah. okay. Yeah. Let what. Did you start dating Lauren before uh, before the American students thing? It was around the same. Was that about the same time? Oh, so it all happened. All like all the major stuff happened all at once, huh? Yeah, more or less. Yeah, yeah in a way. Um, me and my roommates also uh, around that same time, our, our junior year, um, decided that like we were gonna form a band together for the purpose of playing a, a show in the middle of our campus because we kind uh -huh. of we basically found out that like you didn't have to yeah. do, do barely anything yeah. to be able to play a show in the middle of no i remember those photos yeah i don't know if, did i see one of those gigs no there's only one there's only one there's gig one gig. you sent me pictures or yeah. a video yeah there, yeah there, there's there's a video um so and so when was the the band the the your your one show was that before the junior, all this stuff with it was right around the same time. It was, it was, all it was like towards the end of our uh, our junior year. Yeah, so a lot of yeah, a lot of interesting stuff all was happening right. Did around that one gig get you, Lauren? Or? No, no, we, 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 we were we were already, okay. Yeah, um, yeah. It was it was it was pretty funny though because I, I remember we we weren't particularly good like only one of us was like a truly good musician at their uh -huh. you know at their instrument the guitarist yeah. um I, I'd be, I was the singer just because yeah. I don't know kind of just because um 
but uh, we went to we went to some party um, the night of the show or maybe the night after the show, mm-hmm. um, and suddenly like there were like these girls hitting on me that would like never talk to me otherwise. And they'd um, seen, they'd been there? Yeah, or they'd heard about it or, or, or something. Um, yeah, that, that was... You had your rock star moment. I guess, I, I don't know, it, it was, it was pretty weird. Yeah. Um, but... Why didn't that continue? That... Well, uh, the, the one, the one guy who was really, really good at, um, mm-hmm. at his instrument, um, the guitarist ended up leaving school. Uh-huh. Um... So that that was one reason. I mean, me and the drummer, um, we we continued to live together, and we we still would jam. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, you know, I think we both we both got better. Yeah. But you know, uh, I I don't think we were like, you know, us two are gonna be like a band that performs. I yeah. Think that was I don't think that was like, really. I don't think we were up for that. Maybe, um, for whatever reason. Um, so that, that, that was mainly it. Right. Yeah. Um, it was a, it was a really, it was a cool experience. It was cool. It was a cool thing to do. And do you, I mean, do you connect that with the, with the, this extracurricular activity thing that you started in, in any way? Um, I mean, I, I would say like, I was thinking about them in very different ways. Mm -hmm. Um, the the extracurricular activity was really about hey you know I I need to do things to make myself employable mm-hmm. um, in the field that I care about um, and the show was really about like I don't know do, doing something really cool with my friends and yeah. you know leaving some kind of weird mark on our school I guess and. Mm. in some way right um and at, at that point we were all about you know kind of partying and like you know lis- listening to rock and metal stuff that like at that point we were we were all really really into mm-hmm. um so we were, we were kind of living a little bit of like a rock and roll fantasy of, of sorts right and what uh so when did, so you went to this was it like a club or a meeting for this, for, for the American students? Yeah. Thing. So what happened? What was that like? And yeah, I mean, tell it, me about that. It was interesting. I, I I don't, um, I don't remember all the details of it anymore. But, um, you know, they they. Because you were hung over from your night of partying with all your groupies. <laughs> <laughs> sure. The rock and roll lifestyle. And <laughs> I, actually, well, I'll I'll get back to what that meeting was like, but. Um, Actually, it's funny that there is a weird connection between my involvement in that club and the show, uh-huh. because the one requirement to be able to um, to do a show uh-huh. in that location on campus was yeah. you needed to have a student organization like sponsor it. Oh, and so I I basically got the you know the president of that student organization to agree to like to sponsor our show right um even even though there's like meaningful connection between the two things there's no no kind of thematic i'm well okay there, to, there to, was... to, to to be fair like our, our band was called masada which oh. is a place in israel oh wow um <laughs> and it, like 
like three three of us were Jews, and and I didn't come up with that, but one of the guys came up with it because you, you know the whole Masada story. Yeah, on the on the clip, they they fought off. Uh, who did they? No, fight? They, they didn't. Well, they didn't. Well, they they, didn't, they, they, lo- they died up there. They the, the whole thing was the, the the I don't know I don't know what the full how like fully historical this is, yeah. but the the legend is that you know the the Jews were basically making some kind of last stand yeah. on this uh, on this mountain in the desert at a yeah. place called Masada. It was a fortress, right? And you know they I've were been there. they were they were surrounded by you know you know, massive Roman army. Yeah. Um, and at the point where it became clear that, you know, they were going to be defeated, they chose to kill themselves instead of being enslaved by, you know, right. the Roman conquerors. And so this kind of became a, a whole story about, you know, sort of, I don't know. Um, it, it took, it took on like this, this whole meaning of, um, I, I just, I don't. I don't even honestly know all the specific meanings it has to people now. But we liked it because it's like it's a very metal type of because story. It was an ext- because it was an extreme kind yeah. of like act. Yeah, it's like you know, like death instead of slavery type of right type of deal. Um, so that's right. why it's, give me liberty or give me death. Yeah, <laughs> kind of. Yeah, yeah. So we, we, yeah. So we, we. That was that's that, attractive to a teenage mind. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that kind of black and white thinking. For sure, for sure. <laughs> um, but but so so we we chose we chose that band name, and then we actually we wrote a song also um, called Masada. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, all these sort of very very metally lyrics about. Yeah. Um, just that 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 whole that whole story um that that's actually probably what i used to convince the club to that to, it was, to, that to, could be thematically to, related to, to sponsor the concert not that, honestly not that I, I doubt they even cared either way but yeah um yeah anyway so what had you done yeah so tell me so, about the first meeting or like what yeah. what was there what was the scene like yeah, so I, yeah, I think I walked in and, and it was it wasn't a ton of people in the room. It was maybe I don't know, like fifteen to twenty students, um, and they they kind of the the meeting was divided into sections, and and you know there'd be a part of it where they would kind of talk about current events. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there'd be someone in the in the organization who's kind of there'd be like an executive board, and there was a specific officer mm-hmm. um who whose job it was to maybe like their position had something about education in the in the name or whatever but their job was to kind of follow current events um or or if there weren't like really pressing current events like you know pick like a topic from history or whatever um and basically you know lead educational discussions mm-hmm. um and you know current events type of discussions um with the club just like sort of, sort of for internal education purposes um, so that's what I think I found the most interesting, um, is, is just, you know, being in a student organization where people were interested in that and, and having those types of conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, there'd be parts about like planning future events, um, things along those lines, um, you know, different things that like kind of regular club members could get involved in, um, people who weren't, you know, like in the leadership. Mm. Um, so that, that's, that's most of my 
recollection of, uh, of those meetings. Um, I remember, uh, there was, there was always like, a there'd be various conferences, mm-hmm. the conference opportunities from different organizations. Um, but like the one I work for now or like other ones who are in a similar, um, in this organization that had this club, this is a national organization. No, 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 it was a local. It was just, it was just a student. Oh, it was only at UC Santa Barbara. Yeah, I mean, it the, wasn't the, like a, yeah. a network of like. Well, well the, like the, there, I think at that point there there were similar organizations at other uh, at other campuses, mm-hmm. but um, I wouldn't say that there was any like overly centralized structure to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really just you know you had. Uh, you know, students there and, you know, obviously in, in other schools too, just cared about the issue mm-hmm. um, and, and wanted, you know, wanted to do education about it. And I mean, for, for sure, there was uh, also a sense of, you know, there were certainly like students when I was at UCSB and, and um, at other campuses who were advancing you know, a strongly critical of Israel perspective. Sometimes, you know, at um, the at, at the meetings of this club, n- not necessarily at the same at the meetings, but at like public events mm-hmm. or holding their own like yeah. separate like meetings and and events and what have you. Um, and so that there, for sure there was, um, I think a, a a lot of students that would get involved in uh, an organization like American Students for Israel would do it because they would see some type of you know, protest or mm-hmm. event or, or whatever um, that they would strongly object to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they'd want to kind of stand up and, and do something about it and like get their own perspective out there in mm-hmm. response. Um, I wouldn't say that was like a major motivation for me. I did see, um, I did see like, a, I remember, um, so, you know, there, there was a war between Israel and Hamas in, I think, like, 2008, 2009. Mm-hmm. Um, like, the, in the winter, it was, like, from December into January. And I was, maybe we were both in Israel um, at the time with our parents, actually. Um, I remember I got food poisoning. Hmm. Um, I think... I don't remember the last time I was there. Yeah. It's been a while, but... But I do remember, like coming coming back to school from that and like the, there was a protest on campus related to the war um, was that the trip that we went to a lot maybe and, and uh we were supposed to go somewhere like somewhere and we couldn't go because there was because there was fighting yeah that could be i mean not it's it's fairly fairly calm it's the, yeah well <laughs> you don't have to peg it to one year <laughs> that happens a lot there yeah, this was a good, you know, a, a more, unfortunately, intense round. Um, but, you know, I, yeah, I mean, I, I remember see, seeing that protest. Um, that was my, my sophomore year, so that was like a full year before uh-huh. I got involved in anything. So I, I wouldn't say I was super, super driven by that, uh-huh. like some, some students are uh, when they get involved in it. Uh-huh. Um, I think I, I I really I really was interested in, um, you know, a, a community where people wanted to talk about these issues, mm-hmm. um, sometimes debate the issues, um, you know, do do educational events and programming mm-hmm. about them, um, and then also like it was sort of a 
it was it was a way to go to conferences and and hopefully network and uh, meet people and you know figure out what I was actually going to do with my life. Mm. Um, you know, not not that I'm a, an especially like uh, you know extroverted or social person or like actually good at networking, mm -hmm. <laughs> but um, but I figured I should uh, give it my best shot. Um, so how soon after like the first time you went to that meeting did you get really involved in all this? Well, they basically, uh, I, I think, um, I think that that first meeting and, and whatever subsequent ones I went to, um, I think held, held my interest enough mm -hmm. that, um, I decided to run for a, a, not, not like the president or anything, but like a leadership position in that club. King? Uh, yeah, Pope. yeah, all powerful yeah. potentate, and, and, yeah, uh, emperor, yeah, um, uh, and, and you know, again, it, it was it was for multiple reasons. It it, it was both because you know I, I was interested in the topic, um, and because I you know I figured, you know, being, I think I was like secretary or something like that. Uh -huh. um, you know, being secretary of the student organization would would be. A, a good way to you know make myself more employable yeah um and at that point did you have any idea what kind of job you were going to try to get no, no. So you still didn't know mm -mm. yeah no i didn't um so yeah so so like that that was junior year and then senior year you know as this isn't a, like a, a given because plenty of students will like run for something like that and you know end up not really investing sure. that much time and energy into it um, at the end of the day for any number of different reasons. Um, but I did end up um, really, I think, put it, putting a lot into it and um, you know do, doing a lot of work, like putting on a lot of educational events, um, you know meeting meeting people and sort of ha having conversations outside of my com comfort zone with people mm. um that hadn't really done so much up till that point um and uh and i think that's that's where i started to sort of care about it and get invested in it on a deeper level than just like hey you know i, I need to get a job so mm -hmm. i'm gonna do this so yeah you said like in high school or before even on the the trips to Israel when you were a kid, you didn't have any sense of like some kind of Jewish identity. Is this what gave you that, or did that, um, or do you have one? I don't know. Maybe yeah. you still don't have one. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think a lot of things happened all at the same time. Like I, I, I don't know that I had no Jewish identity growing up. Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, I, I think I had some, but it was it was very limited, and I, I remember being somewhat you know resistant to it. Mm -hmm. Um, which part, what, what were you resistant to? Just I mean, what, what mom and dad were saying or what? Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd be resistant to some stuff that mom and dad were saying, um, you know, whether it was political or not. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I mainly remember fighting with them about the, the Iraq war, mm. uh, more than anything. It was less, less about Israel, but, but I think we did have, I don't remember them, but I think we did have, um, political arguments about Israel when I was growing up. Um, where, you know, they were, um, more on the right of the issue and I was disagreeing with them. 
but I, I, I don't remember any of like the, the substance of it to be, be able to really like um, know where it was coming from. Mm -hmm. um, I remember like, you know, getting dragged to Yom Kippur services at, you know, some, at probably, I don't know which denomination of, of Judaism the synagogue was, but like, I, I just, I had no patience or connection to it. Like I, it, it was completely like a, a chore and, and, and well, right. Because you didn't even, you weren't even made to go to Hebrew school. Right. You lucky bastard. <laughs> <laughs> like you, you just had a, you had somebody tutor you so you could have your bar mitzvah, right? It was like, yeah. it seemed like a matter of months or something. Like it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, that, that happened. Stuck in that shit for years. Yeah. That, that, <laughs> that happened when, um, when, when we were living in Israel in 2002. Oh, that's when you were, you had your, oh yeah, right. I, I think I came to that. Yeah. Yeah. In, in Israel. Sense. Yeah. Yeah. That, that I actually, I put some effort into, um, I think at that point I told myself like I should, I should do something if people are going to come and give me money for, you know. Oh yeah. You, you got to sing for your supper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I, E even that yeah, literally yeah I, I don't remember <laughs> like sing. yeah like I, I actually I did put in work into like like learning the the part you have to you know the, yeah. the part of the the Torah or whatever yeah. you have to sing for your bar mitzvah but I, I don't remember like taking any like deeper meaning out of it no um or anything along those lines it's just a, ma a matter of memorization yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. obviously, since you hadn't studied the language, it was just phonetic, right? Uh, I was studying the oh, language at the same time. Like my the school that I was going to, it wasn't. I wasn't actually learning um, sub subjects outside of Hebrew. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, like our parents were homeschooling me on like you know math and science and oh, and, and oh, I see. Things, so in the but, school, all you were doing was Hebrew. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And did that have any, did that, do you feel like in retrospect that had any kind of impact aside from earning you your bar mitzvah money? Uh, not, not, really. not, not that I could really point to. Because um, then there's a gap, so you were 13 or whatever, 14 or whatever, right? Yeah. There's a gap of whatever, five, six years, right? Yeah. Where there's not that much on the, on the Jew activity front. Yeah, in the life of Max. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, like it, it's not that it was completely absent. Like, you know, yeah. you know, our parents have have a Shabbat dinner every Friday. Right. Um. You know, they they have um they 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 kind of bring a community together for different Jewish holidays. Right. Um. So so I had that stuff. Um. So it wasn't. It's not that it was completely absent. It just I, I don't remember ever feeling like. Um, it like was, a personal connection for to that, like, or just like it was a super central part of my life. Mm -hmm. um, I think, I think a few things happened. Um, you know, my just just kind of by chance, um, my 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 roommate who we like so so, say. so so he he but he happened to be Jewish, um, yeah. and and he also had people from well one one guy from his high school. Uh, graduating class who was also, also came to UCSB and is also still a, a very good friend of mine. Uh -huh. um, you know, and they they had like a, this like strong group of friends that like I got to know over the years. Like mm -hmm. we went to other schools, um, and they had actually gone to not like a a, a super like intense or conservative mm -hmm. uh, school, but like a a Jewish 
a Jewish day school, basically. Uh-huh. Like their high school was um, was a Jewish school. Um, so so they had like uh, not, I, I wouldn't say that um, they were overly like observant or you know were constantly doing like Jewish events or anything yeah. like that. But that was the first time that I had like um, a really strong group of Jewish friends. Um, oh, and you did in high with. school in Brooklyn? No, no. That's interesting. Really. Yeah. Um, not at all. Um, so I think, so that, that was probably a factor, um, in it for me. Uh, and from there, I, th- I think in, in some ways it was like a, it was an educational and intellectual journey. Mm-hmm. Um, just really learning more and getting a deeper understanding of Jewish history. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so a, a lot of, a lot of different things that I didn't know and, um, you know, that, that I came to understand in terms of, um, yeah, just, just the, the path of the Jewish people from basically 3000 years ago until now. And, uh-huh. um, how Israel came about, why, um, all those things. Like I remember, I, I don't, I don't remember, um, how much of it happened junior year versus senior year, but somewhere mm-hmm. around that, mm-hmm. that time I, I was doing a lot of, a lot of reading, um, and, and learning and educating myself. Um, I'm sure some of it was also fed by some of those like specific experiences I had living there. Like, 2002 when I was there for six months um that in was Isra- in Israel yeah in Israel yeah. it was the most violent period of the second intifada mm-hmm. which you know which ba- basically meant like you know I, I felt a, a suicide bombing um sh- like shake our apartment mm. from that was you know uh-huh. at like a, a, a guy like went into a restaurant yeah. um in Jerusalem uh, and you know, blew himself up there, and that was like that was really close to where we lived. Uh-huh. Um, and at you know, at the time, I don't think I. I mean, obviously, it was like an intense thing to experience, but um, I don't remember like making a lot of kind of sense out of that, mm. or it, like strongly affecting like my identity or whatever you want to mm. call it. But um, but later on, I feel like I was able to put that in some context. Right. Um, once I started getting invested and in, in learning about the issue. So I think, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think I don't have a, a particularly strong religious. I mean, I, 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 I consider myself and I don't know if it's an atheist or agnostic or whatever, somewhere in that. I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't do so well with labels, but. But yeah, you don't go to synagogue. No. Right? Like ever? No. That's not part of your life. No, it's right. not part of my life. Um, so you stayed, uh, yeah, if we could wrap up the college career, you, you stayed with this organization until you graduated? or Yeah. So you stayed yeah. connected to it somehow? Yeah. Um, and and so the, the, last, the last big thing I did um, was actually, so the, this, the speaker... Uh, was this event was organized by um, I don't remember what organization bringing the speaker to campus who's like um, 
very, very, very right wing mm -hmm. and had a history of um, like really, really inflammatory comments about uh, Muslim organizations. Mm -hmm. I think he'd actually come to to the was campus. Was he from the government? Or? No, no, no. He was like mm -hmm. from some, some like some organization, just some uh -huh. non, non-government organization. But from Israel or from America? No, he's, a, he's, he's American. American. He's an American yeah. guy. But um, I think he'd maybe even like been to UCSB some years before and, and uh -huh. caused a, a, a lot of like hurt and controversy. Yeah. Um, and so in response to that event, this big coalition of student organizations was formed to sort of like push back. Uh-huh. Um, and it, it was like Palestinian ones or, or, it was or Jewish ones. Well, it was mainly or, like the, the, the Muslim student association was like kind of the, the probably, I don't know if they were the, the main organizers, but they were the main ones that coalesced around since they were mm -hmm. the organization being kind of targeted by this guy. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and a ton of, a ton of different organizations kind of formed together in, in that coalition and, and uh -huh. we joined it as well. Um, on the side protesting him or yeah like yeah basically yeah it's basically some way? pushing back because um, you know part part of his message had to do with like his notion of defending Israel or whatever uh -huh. um, and obviously you know for for us as like the student organization on campus that was you know about you know educating about Israel and pushing back against like anti-Israel bias like we disagreed with his approach strongly because, you know, we certainly weren't about like attacking, uh, the Muslim student association in any of yeah. our work. Um, so, so we decided to join that coalition and that, um, that was basically like the, the last major thing, um, I did on campus and that, that really like, that put me, um, in the same room with a lot of people that, um, I mean, we agreed about the cause of like our coalition, but we strongly disagreed about um, the Israeli-Palestinian conflict and uh -huh. any number of different issues. Um, and I got a sense of some of the ways in which, um, at that point, I thought um, our organization, maybe even like the larger community that's you know interested in um, educating about Israel and these topics, is falling short with. Um, with some of these audiences and not basically not telling our story clearly and effectively enough so that um, people don't have these like certain gaps in understanding. Uh -huh. um, and so that that's actually, you know, uh, th there are all, all these steps up to that point, but um, getting what I thought was like a clearer sense of where those gaps were uh -huh. um, is what really propelled me into this organization that I'm part of now. Um, cause what I did was basically create like a, a set of materials, like a, a presentation, uh, a like a of, PowerPoint. Type yeah. Of yeah thing, like a or? PowerPoint, like a, a fact sheet, some, some, just, just some different materials, mm -hmm. um, about basically like how I think we could be educating more effectively and like, you know, telling, our story better uh -huh. um, to um, a lot of uh, a lot of students on campus and just like a lot of other people in general. Mm -hmm. um, I, I basically I didn't even go. Maybe this was clever on my part. I don't know. I, I don't know how deeply I was thinking about it, but I took those materials and mm -hmm. that that idea. 
uh, and basically shopped it around to a bunch of different organizations. Um, in uh, Is Israel connected yeah, organizations. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then uh, it, it basically. I heard from some of the other people that I was presenting this idea to that Stand With Us would be a good one to talk to. Mm -hmm. And then Stand With Us itself expressed some interest. Um, and like you know, I mentioned before, they're located in LA, so I had an even stronger motivation to specifically focus on them since... So this is all happening when you'd already graduated? Yeah, or? it was like those six months after I graduated. It was a bit of like a limbo period. I, I was spending that time... Uh, really pitching this to, mm -hmm. to all these groups and, and then eventually just specifically focusing in on trying to get Stanolis to buy into it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Took like months of actually like just persistence and calling them over and over and so over again. So you just for, kept banging it on their door until yeah. they said yes? Exactly, exactly. They were like, okay, you can stand with us. Yes. <laughs> yes. Fine. You're really annoying. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> we'll let you in if you just shut up. Yeah. <laughs> about this. So what was like when you were doing that? What was your? What did you think? You would? Did you think that would be like a one-off or like? Or did you think you would create this job that has lasted what like a decade over a decade now? I, I think at that point. Yeah, I, I certainly didn't have an idea of like this was you know I was going to work there for a decade. Um, I think I I really I really just wanted to. Um, implement this idea, uh, and the the idea was. That, yeah. What is the idea? Yeah. Can you get yeah, like yeah. a thumbnail? Yeah, I figured this would be a good. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so 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 basically, I, I looked at um, the way that um, our community was communicating uh, Jewish history, like in connection to Israel, uh -huh. and it went something sort of like Jews were in Israel in ancient times yeah and then 2000 years ago the romans came and you know destroyed jerusalem and kicked right. all the jews out sure and then in the 19th century uh jews in europe created the the zionist movement and decided to go back home to israel and create you know and create a modern state mm -hmm. um and it, it was i thought it was really really weird that in the course of that story, we wouldn't talk about what happened to Jewish communities for, you know, a full 1900 years mm -hmm. across Europe, across the Middle East, across, you know, all the different mm -hmm. other, you know, places that, that Jews ended up. And, you know, like, what about that experience um, would inspire Jewish people to so many years later on want to, you know, in in so many cases, you know, stop living as a minority mm -hmm. in all these places around the world and go back to this place where, you know, Jewish religion and language and culture and all of these things originated mm -hmm. and uh, become a majority mm -hmm. um, in a state of their own. Like, it, it seemed like a core part of that story was missing mm -hmm. um, and that we should talk about it and include it in as many, you know, as many educational materials and what have you as, as we can, because it, it, it seems like, it seems like a huge gap. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was really, 
that that was kind of the you know the beginning and end of what I wanted to accomplish when I when I joined. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just grew from there. Right. So how so they they took your they they took your presentation and what did what did they have you do after that? Well, or? Be, before honestly, be, before I could really do anything with that idea, I, you know, I was put on like I was a research assistant. That's what I was mm-hmm. hired as, um, and um, my tasks were like you know writing fact sheets about various current events, mm-hmm. issues going on over there. Um, you know, um, like we, we had at that point already like a library of educational booklets mm-hmm. that would need to get, you know, updated, um, every so often, um, you know, students from, from different campuses would come to us with requests for like specific resources related to something going on at their campus. Mm-hmm. So we would be like fulfilling those types of requests. Um, it was a lot of that type of stuff. And, and so I, I definitely remember, um, you know, getting kind of having a lot of my time consumed by these like more immediate short term type mm-hmm. projects yeah. and like ha- having a bit of like a, a struggle, um, to bring this big idea, like kind of back to the forefront again mm-hmm. and just like, you know, uh, figure out how to, how to really implement that. Mm-hmm. Um, and in, in practice, it's actually it's actually been um, the way the way I've done it is different from how I conceived it originally. But I basically um, end up weaving in some of these like missing pieces of the story that I thought that I identified mm-hmm. uh, into tons of our you know presentations and and print materials and other educational resources, um, just piece by piece. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like we get a request to update. <clears throat> this uh this educational content okay like I, i'm i'm gonna use that as an opportunity to weave in mm-hmm. um these missing pieces of the story um and so you know i did that long enough over time that i've, I've essentially you know it's it's not there, there's no end to the process but i've right. i've largely accomplished what i was what i was trying to do at least within my organization yeah um yeah and where did what's where did Stand With Us come from? What's, what's the story of how, what's the story of Stand With Us anyways? Um, so Stand With Us started um, in Los Angeles in 2001. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the, as, as the, as our CEO and co-founder tells the story, um, the specific spark, the individual event that really kind of lit a fire for it, um, was this really brutal killing of um, two, I, I don't remember if they were Jewish boys or teens, mm-hmm. um, but two, two really young Jewish kids. Um, they, were, they were very, very brutally murdered mm-hmm. um, during the Second Intifada, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I guess it was a relatively short time before I, I, I was living there. Um, and... Uh, the the co-founders were really outraged about the media coverage of this event. Mm-hmm. They felt that the media coverage of the event was really skewed and, you know, basically 
you know, n not acknowledging them, but kind of moral clarity of that, you know, it's wrong to brutally kill kids mm -hmm. uh, as a baseline. Um, and so that basically, you know, that motivated them to look around and see, you know, who in the Jewish community is responsible for um, sort of trying to set the record straight, mm -hmm. as it were, or, or just, you know, you know make sure that um, that perspective was heard loud and clear in the media and, and perhaps in some other arenas. Um, and they basically found that there was what there wasn't a single organization uh, that had that as its sole mission um, that had educating about Israel and fighting anti-Semitism as its sole, sole mission. There was a lot of organizations that had it as part of their mission, part of their focus, but none that were solely dedicated to that. Um, and, and so that's basically what, what inspired them to, to start it. And then um, it basically grew uh, because people approached the organization for help. Like it didn't, you know, we, we do a lot of work on campuses now, for example. Mm -hmm. um, but has it always been focused on, on college and high school? Or? No, no. Oh, okay. So, so, you know, we, we, we started with, um, you know, they, they were focused on some media bias and they, you know, they wanted to, um, I think, engage the larger community around Los Angeles, for example. Um, I think they created some, some educational print materials and they, they had a newsletter um, that would go out over email. Um, and basically, um, the story as I understand it is that uh, students on campuses mm -hmm. who um, were basically, you know, out outraged at some of the events and different things that they were facing on their campuses, mm -hmm. they came to stand with us and said, hey, we really need your help. Mm -hmm. um, you know, what we, had those people that started this stand with us? What were they doing before stand with us? Um, so the, the CEO was a therapist, uh, I think a family therapist. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, her husband, the COO, uh, ran a marketing firm. Mm -hmm. um, so... You know, I, I think I think they were probably in, involved in various like Jewish community organizations before that. Mm -hmm. uh, so they weren't like disconnected from that world and 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 this issue. But um, career-wise, uh, yeah, yeah, they were doing something different. Are they religious or observant in any way? Um, yeah, I think I think to to an extent. Um, I think I think they they are. I, I think they may be. I don't remember which denomination both of them grew up. I think maybe the CEO grew up Orthodox, but I, I'm honestly not sure. Mm -hmm. um, I wouldn't say that our our like our educational approach and and you know for sure how we work as an organization we accommodate religious observance. Mm -hmm. um, you know we we want to make sure that our events and everything our our work environment and everything are um, inclusive of. Mm -hmm you know, everyone's religious observance. Um, but we, we do a lot to, um, really make sure that, um, our education is historical and, um, you know, secular and based on, you know, cited sources, mm -hmm. um, rather than, you know, 
like making religious claims or what have you. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I, you know, I would say it's, uh, it's easier for me to do that than, than maybe for a lot of people because like I, you know, like we talked about, I, I don't, you know, I, I don't have that. Like religious, would you say like a big part of my life? M more the people you work with are like you, or like like that like that that faith plays some role in their life. More like you think you're in the minority, with it, or in the majority. I think it's a big mix. Yeah, you know we we have we have people of of all ages working for us, uh -huh. um, and and people of like a, a, a lot of different. Like religious and how old, how old are the founders? Uh, I think they're in their sixties. Okay. Um, yeah, we. So they're boomers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are. Um, yeah, I, yeah, we we have we have people, you know. So it, it's a real mix, but I I think it's like a general. It's a there is a generational. Like there are generational differences, like you might oh. expect. Like oh. a, a lot of the people that work um, in my department um, with uh, on campus and high schools and and what have you, like they're they're younger people, um, and and I think just by virtue of that, like we we tend to um, have more things in common in terms of our worldview than um, some of the older staff in the organization. Uh -huh. um, we you know we just kind of find a way to. Uh, still all work together and communicate well. Um, just, it's interesting. So you form your millennial coalition to, yeah. to well, fight now, back against the boomers or, or the Gen <laughs> Z that's coming? Well, no, now, we, yeah, now we have all these Gen Zs working for us too, um, which is, it, it's it's interesting for me because like, uh, there, there are very real ways in which like I, I, I don't understand you know, the Gen Z uh, people yeah. understand their, like their lives. The other the other show I do is uh, co-hosted by a millennial, and she has a lot of nieces and nephews, and she's she's uh, hangs out with them a lot. But she says that they kind of scare her. <laughs> <laughs> the Gen Z people, yeah. <laughs> Why? It's just a, a, some sort of different approach to life. I don't know that they're different. Yeah, I mean, so I, qualitatively different than what she which she takes as her cohort or whatever. Yeah, or, I mean, I, I don't know that I, I can, like, put my <laughs> finger on it as much as it sounds like she can, but, um, yeah, there there's definitely some difference. I mean, they're on these, like, social media platforms that sometimes I don't even know about them, you uh -huh. know? Um, so, yeah, it, that's interesting as well. So so when yeah uh, so when you do these presentations or you do events or whatever at colleges or high schools or wherever like how do you present this like Jewish identity thing like is there some kind of broad strokes because yeah it, describing to somebody what a Jew is is very complicated it's very true it's very very complicated because it's not merely a religion it's not exactly an ethnicity it's really fucking hard to to pin yeah. down what it is uh and everybody seems to do it different and everybody feels like they know and the other people are stupid yeah 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 <laughs> no I, I i i i really i really relate to that and it's interesting because um up until now i would say we we haven't actually 
put a strong focus on talking about who the Jewish people are in broad strokes. Uh-huh. Um, and actually just, there's some recent conversations that I've been having with coworkers and, and some different insights that um, actually made, made me realize that, that that's another gap, that that's a real mistake um, on our part that we not, need to fix. N- not that not being not, able to formulate? Well, just like not, not, not starting from like the very basics of like, not like what is Jewish history in Israel and, and yeah. what is this, you know, story from then until now, but like who are Jews in general, who, uh-huh. are, who are, who are Jews in America, who yeah. are the actual, you know, Jewish people that, you know, the average person here might encounter. Yeah. Um, and what, what is their specific place in Jewish history and all of that? Like we're now realizing, I'm now realizing that, um, that's a gap for us. So I don't actually have a fully formulated answer to your question. Something we're actually going. I, oh, I don't think anybody's got yeah, an answer I, to that question. I, I agree. I think it's I un- agree. unanswerable. Yeah. The, the, it, the nearest I can say about it is that, look, there's a genetic test w- which will find you'll have Jewish some some sort of genes that can be identified as Jewish. Yeah. And there isn't a test like that that can identify a Christian. That's true. Or a Buddhist. Yeah, I mean, there's exceptions, but that that's true. Like, broad stroke. So it's not, it's not the religion. There's some sort of genetic component. And yet, there are people that are Jews, one way or another, that can that, that go all across the racial spectrum. Yeah. So, that's, that's it's, 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 a, it's a really tough thing to pin down. And from, from, like, you know, somebody like godless heathen like me to somebody who's just, like, davening every fucking minute of their yeah. day, you know? For, for, for sure. And it's, is kissing their fingers and yeah. doing all this sh- and wears the black hat, you know? For sure. so, so, yeah, there's this huge spectrum of what, what somebody can... They can say they're a Jew and you can't really say, if you're being fair, that they're not, you know? Yeah. And then there's a Jew that's... Like, say, like my landlord, who was French-Canadian, he converted when he married his wife, who was raised in an observant home, in a, I think, I think, a, I don't know if she was Orthodox, I'm not sure exactly, but I think pretty strict. But he's, in some senses, he's not ethnically or genetically a Jew, but in some ways he's more of a Jew than me, you know, because he's really interested and going to shul and stuff like in the history and all this stuff, yeah. this whole community thing. So there's this wide spectrum. Yeah. That you can call yourself a Jew and, you know, if, unless you're, you're an asshole, you can't really say they're not, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think, yeah, this, this gets to, this gets to a lot of, a lot of like, even I think more broad issues with with humans about you know like what does it mean to be an individual and have an individual identity and then what does it mean to be an individual within part of a larger group, uh-huh. um, you know part of a larger tribe or community or what yeah. have you, um, and I, I, I'm sure that we're you know we're not the only uh, we're not the only people who have some of these like you know complexities and and and. Com, you know no we're the only ones <laughs> um, but but I, I think you know I think part part of the issue here is that a, a lot of the words that we use the concepts that we use to talk about uh, people's identities with you know religion ethnicity 
um, what have you, um, they're more modern. They're more modern constructs mm-hmm. uh, than uh, com- compared to how old Jewish people are. Mm-hmm. Um, like you know, I I think so. I think that's part of the issue. Um, but the 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 best my best understanding of it is that. Um, we are both an ethnic and religious group. It's mm-hmm. like the, you know, I think the um, closest description to the, to, to the truth that, um, that I can identify, mm-hmm. um, you know, using, using modern language and concepts in English. Because, um, you know, obviously like meaning shifts across languages too. Um, but, so, 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 and, and I think, you know, the, what I look at, for example, is like there, there's polls of the American Jewish community, mm-hmm. uh, and how they think of their Jewish identity. Mm-hmm. And there, I think it's, it's a minority, a fairly small minority that think of themselves as only part of a religious group. Mm-hmm. Um, and the majority are like, you know, we're part of a culture we're part of a heritage, mm-hmm. um, like we're part of a people, um, type of thing. Um, and the, the, the racial diversity part of it is, is interesting too, because I, I think a large part of that is, is, is kind of like what you're talking about with your neighbor, where, um, I think throughout history, uh, Jews in different regions of the world, um, married Mm non-Jews and then they pass, they pass Jewish traditions, uh, down to their kids. Yeah. Um, and and that's how you get you know uh, Mizrahi Jews from the Middle East and Ashkenazi Jews from you know Eastern Europe and Sephardic Jews from Spain and yeah. um, and everyone everyone you know looks different and ha- has some differences in like their culture and um, and traditions but still has enough of like a connecting thread mm-hmm. to be part of one uh, one thing somehow. Um, and with all that, like in America, I think, I think I read recently that it's only like, what's like two or 3% or something like that of the total population. Yeah. 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 Yeah, It's really small. Yeah. Yeah. Which is surprising how small, you know? Yeah. So somehow, yeah. Uh, so when, you know, somebody like Whoopi Goldberg says that, you know, Jews are just white people, you know? is stupid uh she's she's wrong but like she doesn't know that it she's talking about a tiny minority yeah i i mean the like what are these white people arguing about you know the differences yeah this is this is one of those i mean this is this is one of those things that i think is very specific to america Mm -hmm. and american like social and cultural and political discourse and and just just our country's like history and and development of our society um and how how you know how we think of race Mm -hmm. here um but you know the there are some there are some tangible ways in which you know jewish people like you and i who have white skin Mm -hmm. um i think walk through the world and um are you know treated as white in america whatever that means right yeah 
Um, yeah, we pass. And and so, <laughs> and, and so for you know for people who don't bother to you know to learn about us in in any meaningful way, and and yeah. and I, I don't expect, frankly, I don't expect the vast majority of people to bother. Yeah. There's no specific reason why they need to. Yeah. Um, uh, but I think for you know for people who don't who don't take the time to understand a bit deeper, I like I think that's primarily where those types of statements and that type of misunderstanding comes from. The funniest thing about Whoopi Goldberg is that her name is Whoopi Goldberg and she is somebody <laughs> that doesn't understand anything about what a Jew is. <laughs> yeah. That's the funniest part to me. Would that be irony or I don't know. I don't know where she got that name, if it's just a pseudonym or if she was I'm not sure what what the background of that name is, if it's just a showbiz name, but Yeah, I'm uh, I'm not sure. Um, you know, I, I, I think she, she had a, you know, she had a meaningful apology that, it, that made it seem like she sort of understood where she went wrong. Well, she has a, she has, she has a job she wants to keep. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's for sure. Um, yeah, I, I, I think, yeah, this, this gets into, into some, some of these like aspects of, of Jewish history I was talking about that I I, I had learned about mm -hmm. uh, started like looking deeper into when I was towards the end of college like mm -hmm. like what sort of like the these cycles of um, these cycles in Jewish history where you know for example like you would have uh, Jews living in um, in the Iberian Peninsula when it was controlled by um, the Moors by mm -hmm. like a by a, a Muslim empire, mm -hmm. um, and that they have these this period of really thriving, yeah. like like you know culturally, socially, even politically. Like you had, sure. I think you had a a, a a Jewish leader who became like an advisor to the ruler or, yeah. or something like that. Um, but there was always some kind of ceiling, mm -hmm. and then and then sometimes even like a direct relationship between um, Jews, you know, becoming too successful or empowered or mm -hmm. whatever it may be, and then the majority, for one reason or another, turning against them mm -hmm. and either massacring them or casting them out or, you know, right. imposing some kind of brutal forms of discrimination or what have you. And, and you have this cycle play out in a lot of different places mm -hmm. um, throughout history. Um, whether it was there when, you know, later on during the Spanish Inquisition to, you know, I mean, Nazi Germany is the, the rise of it and like the success of Jews in Germany before that right. is like a, probably the most famous, famous example of it. Um, and that, that's a lot of historical baggage, um, that, you know, the vast majority of people don't get, mm -hmm. um, and and now we live in America, which is arguably, you know, the most prosperous and empowered Jewish community there's ever been in history. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, are, are we facing... I don't know that it's especially useful to, to make these kinds of comparisons, but, like, are we facing the levels of oppression and discrimination that other minority groups in America face? I think it's hard to argue 
that that we are I think you know I think it's pretty easy to say no yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, at this point yeah. at this moment um, but I, it's and I think that's true and I also think that it's hard to listen to you know concerns about anti-semitism and you know this discourse of like Jews as privileged white people mm -hmm. in power and like connected to some I mean sometimes you, you get some of this stuff to like connected to white supremacy and mm -hmm. what have you um, in the context of these cycles of our history where it's like we get up to a certain point mm -hmm. and then you know we get knocked back down mm -hmm. many 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 pegs in varying levels of you know violence and brutality depending on the context and yeah and basically yeah this kind of thought is what some people i don't know if your organization does sort of explains or justifies or rationalizes the modern state of israel that they need a place to have, that's theirs jews need a place yeah. that that is theirs where they're not the minority as they are everywhere else well right. I, I i think that's one of the rationales. Well, I, I think I would I would put it this way, like whether you whether you buy that as a good rationale or not, I think it's just I think it's just the reality of why Israel came to exist. Mm -hmm. I th I think it's just like a sort of hard, you know, why why were enough Jews motivated mm -hmm. to you know, put in all the work necessary to create a state of Israel. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, there's not only one reason, but a huge reason was a, an understanding of this, this is our, you know, existence up until now as a minority, mm -hmm. you know, thriving at times, but extremely precarious at best. Mm -hmm. um, and, and if, you know, if we want to continue to exist we we need a place where we're not you know living at the whim of a majority population I th you know I, again I, I think people people can agree or disagree with with that you know in in theoretical terms but I, I think it's I think it's just a major part of the concrete reality of why Israel was founded mm-hmm and so when you go there, do you feel like some plate that some sort of like personal or primal connection when you go um, there these days or like has it grown because of your involvement with all these, this work? Well, I have relationships with people there now, Yeah, which is like, like real, like real, sure. like real yeah. friendships yeah. and, and like, you know, people I care about, mm -hmm. um, in a deeper way than, you know. Like, they're people I chose. You know what I mean? Like, I wasn't, like, dragged there yeah. by our parents and without <laughs> any, like, choice in the matter. Yeah. Um, not that I, like, value family any less, but I think it's a, I think it's a different dynamic. Yeah. Um, when, when you have, you know, people you, you chose to build relationships with yeah. in a place. Um, so I have a connection in that way. Um, and I, you know... I, I don't I don't feel like a super you know 
So all that, like being in any part of that country like makes me feel some sort of way emotionally, but like mm -hmm. I don't know. I I feel good. I feel good when I walk around Tel Aviv and just experience that place. Mm. But I'm like do you feel any kind of like larger sense of home like going to Boston or going to Israel or going to LA? Like where would you say you feel like home home? Where's home? Um I mean, at, at at this point, on a on a personal level, L.A. for sure. Mm -hmm. um, but it, you know, I, I I think it's it's very very fascinating to me um, going to Israel and being, you know, being in a modern state um, that you know just just as one example, like I mean, they they modernize the language, but like. It's the same spoken language with, like, some updates from, like, what, you know, when Jews were living there, like, 3,000 years ago or 2,000-something right. years well, because, ago, speaking. Because it was a dead language for yeah. thousands of years. It was, yeah. It was language of, of faith in or of, like, wave businesses for hiding from yeah. non-Jews, you know? Like, like yeah. Like, I, I, I do, like, I, I don't know that it's, you know, I don't know that it's, like, overly whatever it's not as like you know in, intangible for me as it might be for some people I, it's just I just find it really uh, genuinely fascinating and at, at times um, inspiring to just like be present in a place um, where like I guess I mean, yeah. you, you walk down the street of Tel Aviv and you look around at people like strangers. Do you feel some sense that like these people are like me, like any more than you would in any other place in the world? I mean, yeah, I guess yes, in the sense that like I understand that like one way or another we share a certain history. We mm -hmm. we share like something that you know, um, kept us connected to this mm -hmm. community for all of this time somehow. Just the, I mean, there, there's so many, like, I think unlikely and remarkable events mm -hmm. that, you know, led to, you know, me existing in, in this world. I mean, at all, period. I mean, that, that's a whole separate larger conversation, but he, he <laughs> like, just the, the 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 level of unlikelihood of a like me existing here at all but but even more than that me existing here as a jew mm -hmm. and you know part of this group that's one way or another existed for 3000 years mm -hmm. and that you know somehow like you know managed to like go back to their place of origin and kind of like um continue to develop a culture and and you know, and all of that. It, I mean, it's, it's just, it's just crazy. It, mm -hmm. It's, it's very interesting to me. Um, and I, and I have some connection to it just like by virtue of, you know, I guess our parents and their parents' parents and all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, that, that, I don't know that, I don't know that it goes deeper than that for me. Yeah.
Yeah, I mean, my, my visits to that place have always been entirely connected with family duty, you know, like, yeah. and I, I've never found that, whatever positive thing that you found there, I've never found it, <laughs> I've never had a good time in that place, you know, like, yeah. I don't like it, <laughs> and when I walk down the streets, I feel no connection to it, you know, like, I, as far as history, you know, like, in in a generalized way, sure, but like as a member of the human race, you know, and this is one of the cultures. Yeah. But I don't feel it's mine, hmm. like at all, like zero. Like, well, like when I look at, you know, like pictures of Russia, I have I have feel connection to that. But That's I also, interesting. I also I, I feel, feel it, but you you were born there. I was. Yeah, but yeah, they have, we have this big difference <laughs> is that I was born there. Yeah. Yeah, but I also have yeah the. <laughs> you know, one of the sorrows of my life is it's a place I can't go back to for a variety of reasons because the place I was from is gone. Yeah. Because it was the Soviet Union, which doesn't exist. No matter how hard they're trying to re recreate it these days, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But yeah, there's no way back. But that's the place, if any, like, if feel like any kind of roots with is that. I go to Israel, and that's it's a foreign country in a desert in a climate that I have no connection with, <laughs> that I hate. You yeah. know, like all that heat. Yeah. <laughs> if dry or not dry, heat's not not my pal. Yeah. <laughs> like I was clearly like engineered or you know put together for a northern climate. <laughs> you know, where <laughs> to withstand long winters. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but. Yeah, it's it's a strange place, and from you know the first time I went there, I was I was pretty young, and what was the first time you went there? Fucking a. Um, it was, I mean, it was only a couple of years into uh, into our moving to America. I mean, I I don't know if I was even ten. I don't know. Oh, okay. And there was other, you know, Soviet immigrant kids there, and they wanted to tell. They instantly told me how, you know, Israeli tanks are better than American tanks. Stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like, it was, it's always this uh, experience of choosing sides, you know? Yeah. You're with us or against us. And I was not interested in making that choice. Mm -hmm. Like, that, I didn't want to play their games, you know? Yeah. I didn't want to get into dick measuring contests. And I certainly didn't feel like belonging to a team you know <laughs> like yeah and uh that's a place where it's very difficult to exist and not do that yeah it seems to me whatever side you're on you're on some side and you're being made to choose sides you know yeah yeah i mean i you know i think uh I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that the the whole like you know having to be on a a team or whatever is especially appealing to me either. Um, actually, I mean, a, a lot of the work I do now is kind of predicated on like how do we communicate and educate about an issue without inflaming you know the like tribalism and the mm -hmm. like you know team teams against each other because even even within our organization mm -hmm. like 
we have people on that on on any number of other issues or even some issues connected to to Israel are on different teams. Sure. Um and I yeah, I me me personally especially like I I really live um in a world of trying to to manage that immense 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 tension. Uh-huh. And and like but do you ever find yourself like having a personal state like a like planting your flag in any one place on like one issue or another like put just just or is do you see your role always as to mediate and get people to like compromise um like in all things no i mean there's it's certainly case by case um i mean i i certainly have like i have like my my own obviously strong opinions about any number of different things um but you know what when it when it comes to like um like educating about like political conflicts and and you know whatever related to israel i think the the lines for us are i mean it gets it gets complicated in various situations but like the lines for us are you know we'll we'll work with pretty much anyone that's agrees that yeah Israel has a right to exist like Israel mm-hmm. shouldn't be destroyed mm-hmm. um or or dismantled in one way or another right. um that like Israel should be treated like every other country rather than discriminated against mm-hmm. um in various contexts that like you know um criticize Israel all you want like let's stay away from like uh slurs that have a long history in you know mm-hmm. anti-semitic discourse yeah um like there to me i think that those are like pretty basic you know uh parameters mm-hmm. in within which to have a, a very um i think open and productive conversation um so if like to the extent that i plant a flag and i'm on a team like i'm on a team that wants like to have a political debate and a conversation within those boundaries mm-hmm. and if people are going to promote you know agendas and rhetoric that cross those lines like yeah I'll end up being on the other team mm-hmm. um but I, I feel like those are relatively low bars even though yeah. in, in practice it, it turns out that it's a lot more complicated than that if you had like problems or lost friends over this Israel your connection with that place uh would you say or no, I, no, problems. no, no, thankfully, no. Um, That's good. I'm, I, I'm probably somewhat lucky in that way. But then I'm also like, I don't make tons and tons of friends. Like I have a re- <laughs> re- re- relatively, you know, small and, and close yeah. um, friend group. Well, it's funny because when I asked you to do this a couple of days ago, you said, are, are you sure like people are going to, you're going to get like, basically you were saying I was going to get hate mail or something because... I don't know if it's hate mail, but work. people get work. People get very emotional and worked up over this issue, and yeah, but like friendships do end over it. Yeah, and as fucked up as that is, <laughs> yeah. I mean, what do you say to a person that you know says, "Look, here's Zionism, and it's the same as as uh, apartheid," because a lot of people believe that. Yeah, and Zionism, unfortunately, you know, means a lot of different things to different people. Yeah. 
But to, to a lot of people, Zionism means, you know, a separatist state, you know? Yeah. Well, like, yeah, to you, a lot of people means that and, and, and a lot of other, you know, hmm? a, a lot of other bad, like, descriptor words that have some, like, you know, uh, level of, like, um, equivalence to evil. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, on a very basic level, um, on the most broad level, um, Zionism is an expression of the Jewish people's connection to Israel um, and, you know, desire to go back there, mm-hmm. um, expressed in, you know, Jewish traditions and, you know, religious rituals for thousands of years. Yeah. Um, and on a more, like, modern political level, um, it's a movement uh, dedicated to Jews having self-determination mm-hmm. in their ancestral home. Um, and, you know... It's easy to like kind of start talking about this in in some kind of vacuum, but the the larger political context in which you know Zionism and Israel exist is one where you know we have an international order of sorts, not that it necessarily gets gets followed um, in many cases, but the the sort of rules of the game that humans have set up is that. All peoples have a right to self-determination. Mm-hmm. That's you know that's a right under international law, mm. um, and so in that context, you know, Jews having a right to self-determination is apartheid. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, if you want to say that's the case, then every single other group mm-hmm. wanting a right to self-determination yeah. and just you know a state in which to do that is also apartheid. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can, like, shift the definitions of words to any extent we want and make them, you know, fit into our box, but I, I doubt that um, most of the people who believe that um, are willing to, you know, are willing to do that. So I, so I, I think that's, that's sort of the basic reality of it. Now, are there forms of Zionism yeah. that involve, you know, discrimination that, you know, gets up to the level of apartheid, mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Um, but that, I mean, that's the case about any ideology. Mm-hmm. Like, you have e- extremes of any kind of, you know, nationalism that yeah. I think get up to that point. Um, I don't think it's right to define the entire, you know, ideology or group of people by those extremes. Yeah, I, yeah, I brought it up because, you know... I, I hear that hear that term and people use it and sometimes they use it to mean that sometimes they mean, mean it in your definition you know but there's a wide spectrum you know yeah it's, it's it's some kind of blanket it's a vague blanket term you know yeah but yeah it and it's not it's not as as uh, uh, one uh, one dimensional blanket term as say like calling somebody a Nazi, you know. Well, to, you call, to some people that it, it acts as the equivalent. Yes, it does, but it can have other meanings. Whereas calling somebody a Nazi, with very rare exceptions, is a negative. You know, <laughs> I mean, there are people that it's not a negative too. Who do feel good about? Yeah, them. yeah, like people that run for office in the state of New York. <laughs> you know, like who <laughs> think Hitler is just the kind of leader we need, but. But that's, you know, I mean, prior to, 
you know, the la last five, six years, you know, that wasn't acceptable in polite discourse, you know? Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So it's in, yeah, these words are interesting, you know, <laughs> what these words mean. But also Jew, I mean, when I was going to cabbie school, when I went back to drive in a cab in Chicago in 2003, uh, my fellow students who were from all over the world, they found out I was a Jew and they, they figured that I owned a bank because every Jew owns a bank. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I was telling them, yes, I'm, I'm just slumming it. This is just a, like, this is a hobby for me, you know, just checking out, you know, yeah. well, there, there, future customers, you know. <laughs> well, there, well, there's some, there's some famous joke about like, uh, like, it's like two Jews it's like sitting on a bench somewhere and like one of them is reading Der, Stor Der Sturmer or Ooh. something along those lines and the one guy says to the other, I was like, why are you reading this anti-Semitic propaganda? Mm -hmm. And then he, you know, the guy says, well, you know, um, I read every other newspaper and, um, you know, it's all these things that are going wrong and then I read this and it's like, we control the banks, we control the media, it's like the only right, place yeah. where there's like, you know something some some good news right <laughs> I butchered the joke a little bit but yeah but it's the general sentiment yeah, um, yeah I, I think that there's you know you, you have like really crude uh, versions of that that uh, you know probably originate more from kind of like far-right ideology and propaganda mm -hmm. um, and I mean, I, you also have sort of like some, some far left um, sources of it too, because um, you know you'd have like you know anti-capitalist propaganda that positioned like the the Jew as as the capitalist and like the you know the head of the bank and yeah. one of the 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 person responsible for the oppression of uh, of the working classes and sure and things like that. So we kind of get it from from all sides in a way. Oh well, um, yeah, you get Zog. That's what, you know. Yeah, that's the white. Yeah, that's the white supremacist right. thing. But the, you also, but you also get like uh, like rootless co cosmopolitans, which is code for communists, but also co code for Jews. You know. Yeah. Most, you know. Yeah, or sometimes globalists now. Yeah, yeah, same, same, same thing. Uh, yeah. So it's 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 very flexible. You know, <laughs> the the terminology is very flexible. Yeah. Well, because, I mean, I think, um, especially in the more modern context, um, it's sort of more about anti-Semitism is, is more about punching up than mm -hmm. it is about mm -hmm. punching down on, on a group you, you know, it, there's a combination. I mean, there's plenty of anti-Semitic propaganda that de depicts Jews as like, you know, vermin and, and yeah. so, something unclean and, and inferior, but then at the same time, it's like, well, you know, you're you're this all-powerful group that controls yeah. everything, and you know we're gonna we're gonna fight the power. Mm -hmm. And there's always going to be some ca some kind of in reality, not in like mm -hmm. pro the world of conspiracy theories and propaganda. But there's always going to be some kind of power that needs to be fought. Sure. And it's always going to be very easy to you know instead of focusing that effort and energy on the actual you know, the actual sources of the problem, just, yeah. like, redirect that towards Jews. Yeah. That's sort of uh, our built-in reality, unfortunately. So do you work, 
do you work in any with any regu regularity with like, with Palestinian organizations? Uh, no. We 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 will work with um, more so uh, individual Palestinians who are willing to do that. Hmm. Um, we we're, now that um, now that Israel has diplomatic relations with uh, some more Arab countries, mm -hmm. uh, we've been working with um, with organizations in some of those Arab countries. Um, we have an Arabic Facebook page that actually mm -hmm. has um, a, a really large number of, of followers, and I think that that reaches um, Palestinian audiences and others. Um, it's not, I think, due to a, a lack of willingness on our end. Um, but unfortunately, there's there's a really strong pressure mm -hmm. on Palestinian organizations and and even individuals to not engage with Israelis mm -hmm. and not engage with um, Jews who you know want Israel to exist. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, it manifests itself in a lot of different ways, um, but that that's sort of that's sort of the reality that um, that tends to get in the way of um, the types of you know dialogue and cooperation, even like debate that mm -hmm. we might want to do. Um, it's called anti-normalization. Mm -hmm. um, this sort of like policy or like whatever you want to call it. Um, Who's who? Where does this anti-normalization come from? Um, th there's a, a some different sources of it. Um, there's a there's a global movement to isolate Israel. That you mean BDS? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so BDS actually has like normalization written into its official policies. Mm -hmm. um, and if you read the fine print of it, it basically means that um they will try to shut down i mean they they can't in practice because they're not everywhere but like their policies say they should try to shut down any form of cooperation between um israelis and palestinians unless the israeli side beforehand mm -hmm. agrees to this list of political demands mm -hmm. um which you know, if, if they were to agree to all of them, it would essentially mean that they agree that um, Israel shouldn't exist anymore. Mm. So it's like, they're basically saying, like, we can't have cooperation with anything except for, like, 1% to 5% of Israeli society. Mm -hmm. um, which is, I mean, I don't know, like, you want to believe that? I mean, go for it, but uh, that, that seems like the most... Uh, impractical uh, and uh, counterproductive approach I can imagine to resolving a conflict. Mm -hmm. um, so, it, so it comes from, from that and I, to, to an extent it can also come from like, you know, the, the respective like Palestinian governments that mm -hmm. um, control like parts of the West Bank and then Gaza mm -hmm. um, much more like intensely and strongly um, in the case of Hamas, which controls Gaza, like there's a relatively famous story of um, an activist in Gaza who did like some like Zoom meetings or something with Israelis. Um, I think during the pandemic, and 
got like thrown in jail and tortured for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's there's some um, similar types of pressure sometimes from um, or can be from the the Palestinian Authority or Fatah, which is like the the faction that kind of controls the Palestinian Authority in the West mm-hmm. Bank. Um, so yeah, I mean you you do get you certainly do get like pressure from um, the right in Israeli society as well, like to um, shut down some of that cooperation. Um, but I would say it's I, I would say it's probably um, it's probably not as intense, um, and there's probably more um, people in our community and more Israelis who are like willing to do it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that's my understanding is like the the pressure is very very strong like like there there's a there's an initiative um this organization called the Shalom Hartman Institute um that's i think it's called like um i want to say Muslim leadership initiative mm-hmm. um and they actually they, they mainly bring um muslim like young muslim leaders in america mm-hmm. um over they bring them to Jerusalem um and they basically try to have like a really frank dialogue and exchange of mm-hmm. views about all like the most sensitive issues that generally like interfaith mm-hmm. um, projects between Jews and Muslims in America tend to avoid mm-hmm. um, because it's, e- I mean, it, it's easier to sort of play nice and mm-hmm. avoid, you know, the most divisive political issue that mm-hmm. you have in between your communities. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, you know, MLI, the, this initiative, um, tries to actually strike at the heart of that and have a really open conversation um, and, and you know, try to figure out ways to do that. And um, the Muslim participants in that project, um, they get a lot of flack, mm-hmm. like in, internally, for doing that. Um, so that, yeah, creates complications and difficulties. Because, you know, we, we don't, like... In a, not, it's a totally different dynamic, but in a similar way to which I asked you, like, you know, are, are you cool with maybe getting some shit for this? Mm-hmm. Like, it's a, it's a whole different, like, level of that mm-hmm. with, you know, um, with people who, you know, may get a whole different level of hostility for well, doing yeah, stuff it's, with it's us. Well, yeah, whatever, when you, if you belong to some sort of organization or feel like you're, you speak for it or like the same way that you're, you know, you have to consider that you're, you're part of this organization you work with. So you want to represent them in a certain way. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't have that pressure. Yeah. I don't, I don't feel myself part of any community really, you know, mm-hmm. and I don't really care what people think. Yeah. I'm, you know, I have this show so I, I can talk to people I want to talk to. That's. Sounds liberating. That, that's my political philosophy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah, I mean, do you have any sense that this this, this whole Israel thing can can get like the temp- temperature can fucking cool on it at some point? I mean, in, like, some sort of coexistence can be worked out. Oh, like it, like in the conflict itself. Yeah. Um the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, which yeah. is not, you know, like those people are not going anywhere and Yeah. And well, uh Jewish Israelis are not going anywhere clearly, so Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I Do you have any hope that it could calm the fuck down at some point? Uh sadly I don't really I don't see a lot of 
um, reasons for hope in the near future. Yeah. Um, you know, you look at poles of both peoples mm-hmm. and their their distrust for each other mm-hmm. is uh I don't know if it's at an all time high, but it's a at a very, very, very high point. Yeah. Um there's uh if you look at the political dynamics of the leadership uh-huh. uh, on in, on both sides, it's not clear how they would be able to come together and yeah. uh, agree to any sort of compromise as it's currently as as those leaderships are currently constituted. Um, the I think the the only um, I would say the the main like positive development that I can point to is that there's now going to be a greater investment in kind of more grassroots uh, people-to-people types of projects. Mm-hmm. Um, the U.S. government actually, well, I mean, we'll see how it turns out, but um, in theory, they, they did something good. <laughs> <laughs> um, they, they invested, I think, $250 million in um, these types of... You know, it, it it's really it's a variety of different fields, but these types of or, like uh, organizations and initiatives that mm-hmm. um, try to foster pal- Israeli Palestinian trust and cooperation. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know it, it's modeled after I think a, a similar set of projects that were done in Ireland to mm. try to resolve that conflict. Yeah. Um, so you know that certainly there are still people working towards cooling the temperature mm-hmm. but um i don't necessarily have the sense that they you know have have more power and influence than mm-hmm. um the forces of conflict so you said you said earlier you said that your your organization is tries to be you know not sectarian or not like allied with a like a political party or whatever like do you have dealings with government officials in Israel or here so like, you know we we might interact with them so we we might for example like have um a leader in in one or another political party come speak at an event mm-hmm. um and and then like but we will make sure to have a like a variety of you know, people from different parties mm-hmm. speak at events. So it's not as if we're just like giving a platform to one side of the spectrum or another. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll do things like that. Um, I mean, it, in the U S um, it's a little different because like we're, we're, we're not going to like advocate for any type of partisan policy in the U S about anything, but, um, but we engage with uh, government officials at different levels um, mm-hmm you know, local, state, federal, um, in a different way than we would in Israel. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, we'll be asking for various steps to be taken to fight anti-Semitism here in the mm-hmm. U.S. Um, you know, th- things of, things of that nature. Um, it's a, it, it's, it's different. Like we're, we're not going to, we're not going to go to Israel and like, you know, tell them you should like run your country this way or that mm-hmm. way at like any level of their government. Mm-hmm. That's not what we exist to do. Um, but it makes sense within our mission to um, to interact with government officials here in a bit of a different way than we would there. 
Cool. So, so what's with the fixation on metal music? Yeah. <laughs> Change gears. Sure. Probably, probably, Prod, prod, tormented, prodded pro- me enough. About yeah, yeah, that. poked you enough about it, your job. <laughs> um, where, 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 where'd this metal problem start? <laughs> We're going deeper now. <laughs> yeah. So I, I can, I, I, I can point to. Um, Is it that that same show in the in the, the quad the the, the Masada show? No, no, no that the, no the the metal fixation led to that, um, <laughs> not vice versa. Um, no, I, I I can point to two specific memories I still have. Uh-huh. Um, one I was like a really little kid. I I don't know how old, but pre- like pretty little, and I remember. I didn't recognize it as this at the time, but I remember hearing uh, Highway to Hell come on the radio mm-hmm. by ACDC. Um, I think probably, like, I want to say Boris, our brother, was driving the car. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just remember, like, really loving that. Yeah. But and but it's not as, like, something I, like, got fixated on as a kid or anything. I just have this memory of, like, Highway to Hell came on, and I was like, wow, that's fucking great. <laughs> not, not in, you know, I was too too young to... <laughs> put it that way um and then i don't know like for for one reason or another like uh you know maybe like seventh grade or something i'd be like watching mtv and i don't know like lincoln park would be on mm-hmm. um and and i like that um at that point um i think system of a down um mm-hmm. somewhere right around that time as well started getting bigger so I, I liked them um so that was like a bit of an entry point um i think that the thing that like really really it's gonna be a little funny embarrassing i don't know the thing that actually <laughs> really really um i think put it over the top embarrassing is good yeah <laughs> i watched the movie little nicky with adam sandler uh-huh and that movie is just like I mean it, it it's super cheesy but uh-huh. it's full of like classic rock and metal uh-huh. songs yeah. like you're like Running with the Devil by Van Halen which yeah. I know you love yeah it's one um, of my favorites yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think you probably had like ACDC in there like uh-huh. all all these like huge mm-hmm. you know huge bands and um, I think I I watched that movie. I don't know, it was like seventh, eighth grade, so mm-hmm. some maybe like early ninth grade, somewhere mm-hmm. right around then, and it just clicked and I was like, Yes. Like mm-hmm. like this this is me. Yeah. Like the, this is this is this is my this is my jam. <laughs> um, and you'd been by that point you'd been playing piano for a while. when did you start playing the piano? Oh, I don't know. Uh I'd probably been, earlier. Yeah, way earlier. Yeah. Earlier. Forever. I mean that was kinda of torture for me. Uh, <laughs> I, I wasn't doing that willingly. Um, right, yeah, you and I have that. I'm just kidding, common. Mom. But yeah. <laughs> we, we have a mother that chose to live out her dreams vicariously through her children by making them play instruments that she never got to play <laughs> to her satisfaction. <laughs> I'm okay. I'm not too traumatized. <laughs> not as traumatized as her other son. <laughs> <laughs> can't believe this, the therapist bills. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the primal scream therapy. Yeah. <laughs> the padded cells. 
to erase memories of violin sounds. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you played for a while, though. I did. I did. Yeah. But I, I was resistant to it, so I never got like very good at it. Um, so when did you get a get? When did you first get a guitar? Uh, I think I was a junior in high school. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. So, well, so a couple, yeah. uh, uh, several years after Little Nicky, then. Yeah. You, you yeah. Had to wait had, yeah. For your dream. To come yeah, true. That, that was also part of like the, the frustration that that built, um, you know, in high school with piano. It was like I, I was like I, I really I, I don't want to play this. Like I want to play guitar. Uh-huh. And it took a it took a while before mm-hmm. you know I I was able to, you know, cause enough of a ruckus to yeah. to make that happen. <laughs> um. But, yeah. Um, I don't know. It just it just really clicked. Um, something about it. Uh, it's it's hard to. That's one of those really intangible things. Mm-hmm. Can't you know? Can't necessarily like explain in any easy or neat way. Yep. Um. But it yeah I mean it became a really like central and meaningful part of my life and continues to be. Like I, I remember like reading um, your book about going to shows, mm-hmm. um, and you talk about like basically like you know there's like there's certain music that you'll see live and like it'll make you cry basically because mm-hmm. it's like just that yeah. like powerful somehow. Um, so about the same thing with not like every show I go to, but yeah. but certain shows. Um, there's no, there's really nothing else, no other experiences I have that are like that uh-huh. in, in the same, in that similar way. We're just like some kind of like, you know, sensory experience, like hits me emotionally in that way. So do you have any interest or ambitions to recreate that your triumph in the, in the quadrangle at UCSB <laughs> and get it back up on that stage? Um, I mean, I, I know mean, you play, uh, yeah, regularly, but I, mean, I I don't know how much I would call that a triumph. But aside from the fact that we just like managed to show up and actually do it, yeah, uh, which is you know as they say like half of half the battle. Was it ninety percent of success is just sure. showing up? Not ninety percent, or whatever, or whatever it is. I don't sure. remember. I'm, math is not my strong suit, but yeah, <laughs> um, to the e- eternal shame of our other parent, but <laughs> how bad I was does at math. Feel, does he really feel that strongly about it? I don't know. How, yeah, he like he he likes to pretend he doesn't, but mm. yeah, he would lose his mind trying to tutor me in high school math oh, all the man. time. <laughs> not so bad for both of you guys. It was it was not fun for anybody involved. <laughs> <laughs> he was not a willing teacher, and I was not a willing student. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but like. It, can you imagine, or do you have any interest in like making that like an active thing, like that you share with others? <laughs> I do. Um, I I have an interest. Um, I don't have currently. I think the the time that I need to be able to do it. Uh-huh. Um, really, it's well, it's it's a couple of things. I don't necessarily have the time now, but what would what would make me make more time is like having other people to collaborate with Uh and and that i found that that's difficult um 
because, well, a like you know the like the friends that I did that with, like you know the, mm-hmm. they're also like extremely busy, mm-hmm. um, and or have like their own reasons for yeah. you know not wanting to invest time in that, which I completely understand. Um, but on top of that, like you know, uh, if I look around for on Craigslist or like wherever you might look to uh-huh. find other people to play music with, uh-huh. um, it's always like need a member for a band, certain uh-huh. person looking for a yeah. band and they're not like just trying to fuck around yeah. like in, you know, play music yeah. for fun. Like I am, yeah. um, they're trying to generally do something more serious. Mm-hmm. Um, and I haven't really found a way to, to identify people who are sort of in the same mindset as I am where like, you know, I want to play music with other people just because I find that fulfilling. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I'm not trying to, you know, make it in any sort of way. Yeah. Um, I like. I just really, I just really find playing um, music with other people, um, you know, fun and and fulfilling in a like some kind of like deeper way. Um, then like you know the vast majority of other ways I could spend my time. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, yeah, I just, I just don't know exactly how to go about finding people where it's like, I wouldn't be like wasting their time mm-hmm. kind of thing by like, sure. you know, playing music with them. So yeah, if anyone listening uh, has any tips, <laughs> yeah. send them to Dimitri or send them to me. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know. Hey, I have my, uh, my college classmate, my friend Frank, has been trying to get me to form a band with him for like almost the entire time that he's known me. Really? Oh yeah. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. He basically has a similar idea to you. I think he just wants to fuck around. He's got, but he's got his son now plays music. That's cool. Yeah, which is nice. Yeah, they play in the basement of their house. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can imagine that as a possible future for me yeah so you got to birth somebody that'll i know i guess i have to have to rope have to rope them into it well then then they have no choice yeah, exactly it's like in the old olden days when you know you'd have children so you have free labor for the farm you know yeah so that's one of the reasons people have children yeah <laughs> yes yeah. to work the farm whatever the farm may be yeah that's, that's what I'll, that's what i'll tell them when uh when they complain, it's like just just be happy that I don't have you out, you know, working the fields right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that seems like a pretty good place to stop. There's, a, it's a place of hope and looking forward. These imaginary children that will be enslaved by the devil music that you, <laughs> you that you force them to play. <laughs> no, I think. Well, I I think the the payback is is that you know they're gonna make me play music I don't like with them. Yeah, <laughs> that could be. Who knows? Yeah. Well, we have to. You have to get cracking on that, and then we'll, I'll we'll do part two in about whatever fifteen twenty years when this child is old enough to play music. <laughs> that sounds like a plan. Cool. <laughs>